No, it doesn't want to show me. But I, I really, really sense that. So I'm thinking, I'm going to be real clever. I'm going to get my, my device out. And the, the stupid things don't work. Don't, <laughs> just don't even go there. So I, I just sense that there's people and you've, you've been around a long time, maybe not here in this church, maybe not even in Port Lincoln, but you find yourself here and, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you felt like, well, I just don't know when the right time is to step into what God wants for me next. So we can live in the yesterday and maybe we've been burnt. Maybe we've felt we got hurt. Maybe we were misunderstood. Uh, maybe we didn't want to deal with issues in our life and so we walked away from the call and purpose of God. I want to stir something in you this morning that causes you to, to go back after the thing that God called you to do in the first place and to say, God, I want to, I want to reach that place. It's never too late. If you're breathing, it's never too late. So I want to encourage you today that don't stop where you are now, but hear the message this morning and say, well, God, I need to step into the plan and the purpose that you always had for me. So I just want to say it's fantastic uh, for us to be able to uh, make a difference for our missionaries and um, to, to have a reach around the world. And we want to continue to increase that reach. And we also want to cause... Our, our people who we support overseas, that they can do their job well. They shouldn't have to be uh, um, you know, forced to um, you know, barely survive. We should, we should be able to support them well. So I want to encourage you with what Michael said. Um, but uh, getting into my message this morning, let, let's just pray and get our, uh, our focus on the word that God wants to speak to us this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your truth. I thank you so much for your kingdom purpose, uh, for the way in which you speak to every single person in, in special ways. And I pray this message today may speak to people in a special way that opens our heart and causes a, a gateway, a, a way forward for us in Jesus' name. We've all heard the saying that uh, uh, in many, you know, many places we'll say, keep the main thing the main thing. And I think it's very easy as Christians, as, as believers in Jesus Christ, to not have the main thing as the main thing. So uh, when that comes to our spiritual walk, the main thing to God is to let your light shine so the world can see Jesus. We can call that all sorts of different things. Uh, we can call it evangelism. We can call it reaching our friends. There's all sorts of ways we can describe it. But we've got to let our light shine. So it says in Matthew 5 verse 14 to 16, um, I've got the little thing here. Let's see if this bit of device works for me. Ta-da! Here we're going to have some... There we go. Here's our mission as, as a church. From Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. It says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your, light, uh, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. There's so much in this verse um, and, and I like the last bit that says so that people will praise your heavenly Father. And that's got to be our goal is we want to shine out Jesus Christ so that people give glory back to God. So people honour Jesus and, and uh, follow him. So... Bringing that back to us is our context of existence is always to point people to God. We're a lamp and we don't want to be under a basket, but we want to be light in the darkness. 
We want to be the light in the darkness because the world is, is full of darkness and we are the light that can change that. So one heart, let's help shine the light of Jesus around the world, everywhere we can, any way we can. And that includes you, where you are, in your school, in your workplace, uh, in your family, in your home. We've got to uh, um, be the light and change the world. And uh, I'm really excited for uh, the things that God is doing in our uh, church, in our town this year. And I know that things are going to escalate and get even better. Who's with me on that? <clears throat> well, this morning I want to continue the theme, uh, the word free. And there are certain elements to free or freedom. We use the same word sort of connected to, it, to each other. But the basic principle, when we think of that in a natural sense, is having the power of choice or the power of decision over oneself. That's ultimately a great description of freedom. But some factors that work against that are financial. Sometimes you might think, well, I want to have the power to make my own decisions, but, but when there's no money, we can't, we can't just go where we want to go. Some, some people are so caught by that, they can't even, they can't even think of you know, too many trips around town in a week because there's a financial restriction. Sometimes that we might think of freedom, but, but we emotionally aren't free. Sometimes there's things that we've got in our life and we think, I wish I could just shake it off. I wish that would just let go. But there's an emotional thing, baggage we might call it, that, that causes us not to be able to be free. So you might think, but I'm fit, I'm healthy. There's nothing wrong with me. But when I think of trying to do certain things or going certain places, emotionally we just can't. We need, to be, we need to discover that we can be free of those things. Uh, another thing that can restrict us, um, f- our freedom, is geographically. Now, if you're in jail, you know what that's all about. Because you can't just go where you want when you want. You have no power of decision. You can't even decide when you're going to eat. That's a geographical problem. But despite those kinds of realities, I want us to concentrate on spiritual freedom. Get that word? So the context, say to your neighbor, is spiritual freedom. <clears throat> and how do, we, how do we define that? You know, it's really, really technical this morning. It's, uh, it's about living with the inner wow, the inner wonder about life, the inner wonder about God. Uh, life living like that is not dependent on our physical needs or conditions. So we're talking about a spiritual place, a spiritual um, wellness within us that doesn't depend on all those factors. So it's possible for some people to live in a cloud of negativity uh, uh, so thick that it cannot be seen through. And uh, that, that's, a, that's a, a level of, of uh, uh, I guess, thinking and behaving that causes us just not to be able to see very far at all. Not to be able to see anything beyond just the, the level of negativity. So whatever way that um, uh, comes can be different for different people. But talking about freedom from God's perspective, it's about a freedom at a spiritual level. And, you know, there's, there's many examples. I'm not going to go into, into any. But there are many examples of people who have been prison, imprisoned, but somehow they've been able to to live at a level of freedom within their spirit that hasn't caused them to live with bitterness or, or 
the, you know, the, a lot of the other emotional baggage that might come from that experience. But Jesus, if we bring him into the picture, his sacrifice on the cross enables every one of us to be free from the consequences of sin and its control. So if we keep that, the primary reason why, why Jesus Christ came and what he can do for us, because sometimes we think we want, we want the, the genie in a bottle, Jesus. And we think, if I do everything right, I've been to church for three whole years, Lord. You've got to see that. Now, where's my wife? <clears throat> and with, we want Jesus to say, well, I've been a good boy. I deserve this, Lord God. And whatever else it is that causes us to have that emotional hiccup in our life, that emotional baggage. And we're thinking, but God, I've got to do everything right because now I deserve that, that reward. And we think that God is a genie or Jesus is going to be a genie. If we do the right things, then suddenly there's going to be that kapow moment. But his main purpose, this is what we have to understand, and this should be enough for all of us to, to when we get this revelation, to say, Jesus you came, you died upon the cross to deal with my sin and my guilt. And when, we, and when that's enough, then you find that your world becomes a greater place, a bigger place. There's, there's lots of doors that will open and ways for you to see through the fog that's been clouding your thinking. So if, if we can allow Jesus into that part, the spiritual part of our life, we get free indeed. That's what Jesus spoke about. The first thing, the main thing that Jesus came to deal with is our spiritual condition of sin so that we can be free to serve God. So we've got to be free to serve God. And sometimes we can, we can try to serve God, but we, when we haven't understood the grace and the freedom of Jesus dealing with our sin, we end up getting ourselves all tangled up and messed up. And then you know, life becomes even worse. So, <clears throat> Matthew 13, verse 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Who's ever heard this before? I've preached from this before. It says, again, the kingdom, verses 45 and 46, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. See, could we have taken this, put ourselves in this picture and put others into religious bondage if we misinterpret this, this verse here? And what, we, what we're really clever at doing church and, and, and believers to believers or Christian to Christian is, is we see people come out of one cage, the world, you know, especially when they've just come to know Christ, and then we say, well, now what we're going to do is we're going to put a different cage on you. We're going to make you live in another form of bondage. Uh, but we don't want to do that, do we? So I used to read this scripture and think the way to God was, was sell everything to get God. And I remember when I, when, when I was young hearing preachers preach about this, I'm thinking, but, but I'm not giving up this and I'm not giving up that. and I just couldn't. And here's the preacher telling about, you know, when you find Jesus, you just give it all away. And I'm thinking, you're not up there in your underpants because you gave it all away. So there's something missing. 
See, the key, if we, if we look into this, it's, it's the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like a man who found a great treasure. See, the kingdom of God, that, that means the person, the man in the story is God. And the great treasure is people. The great treasure is you. So we sometimes get it all upside down and think, oh, well, God, like, the only way we can get to heaven is if it says in the Bible, give everything away. No, it says the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like the man. That's God is the man and you all the treasure. So when you can grasp that truth, there's a compatibility with heaven that empowers our living to be free. And so often we're not free because we don't understand the scripture or the context or anything. And I'm not saying that I, I, I'm the only person who can understand the scripture, but I'm saying you've got to live by revelation to revelation. You've got to live by hearing what Jesus Christ says into your world. That's why it's so important that we need to, we need to have our own Bible, the one that we understand. You know, if, if there's a Bible in a, in a, a, a version that isn't your, you know, doesn't speak your language, then don't use it. Find a Bible that is you. There's certain ones that I love. There's certain ones that I just, just don't love. But they're not that one's bad or wrong. It's just some speak to you in a more natural way. We've got to grasp the truth of, of that work that Jesus did to deal with our sin. I love that word compatibility. It gives us a compatibility with our life and heaven and what Jesus wants for us. So the following scripture is an illustration for life being free or in the free zone. Jeremiah 17 verse 7. It says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. I love that scripture. I think I've preached on this a lot, but it says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Jeremiah 17 verse 8 says, those who live like that, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. See, living like a tree, like that with roots that reach deep, that never, never turns brown, whose leaves never, never um, dry up, they stay green. They never wither. And that never stops producing fruit. It's like an unnatural condition. Who wants to live with unnatural conditions? So I want to be a church, one heart church. I want to be a church of unnatural conditions. I want to be a church that says, but that's impossible. We say, well, it may look impossible. It may seem impossible, but we're living, we're producing all the time. I want to be a church like that. I want to be in a church like that. See, the person that, that is you know, green all the time, whose leaves never wither, that's the kind of per person that's attractive to be around. That's the kind of church that's attractive to be around. That's the kind of place where it signifies God's blessing and goodness all the time. So here's some practical points for us today to become increasingly free spiritually so that we can keep producing. So we've got we to 
adapt some things into our lives so that we can continue to stay green and continue to um, be compatible with what God says and how we live. And hopefully we can adapt some of these to ourselves this morning. So the first one, increase your catchment area. Sometime last year, um, you know, it kept, you know, we had a really wet winter and it kept raining and kept raining. For those who are listening on podcasts who aren't in Port Lincoln or aren't in Australia, hello. But <laughs> it's been a wet winter. And we started to sort of have our, our water tank, because we don't have mains water, overflowing. And my wife was, was saying, well, all this water is going to waste. We need, we need another tank. So to make things work harmoniously in our family, we organized another tank. But there's one thing to have a tank. We're going to look at that ne next. But another thing that we need to do if we want to live staying green, staying fresh in the things of God, having that, that inner freedom to do what God wants us to do is to increase our catchment area. There's one thing to have a tank, but you've got to have a catchment area that feeds water into that tank or into that container. So receptivity is the key. You've got to be a person who is expecting and pursuing Jesus for his word in every part of your life. Amen. So if you, if you need to have God's, uh, God's direction in, in, uh, in your finances, then you start to say, well, God, what do you say about our finances? If you want to have it in a relationship, you say, well, God, I want to, I want to take your word into my relationships. And if we start to live like that, we find that we're increasing our catchment area for God's goodness. So here's the, 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 the big hit of the day. Get ready. Everyone put your, put your mitts on. It says, when you increase your catchment area, it can rain less, but you collect more. So how do we do that? You need to read and study the Word of God. Uh, be willing to learn. Be a willing learner about spiritual things. Because sometimes we think, oh, you know, that's for the preachers or that's for, that's for, the, for those, those uh, God-bothering people. No, we've got, we can't think like that. We've got to be willing to learn spiritual things. So you, you might think, well, I'll do, I'll do an Alpha course. Um, you might want to do the Purpose Driven Life. There's lots of things you can do um, that, are, that are courses or books that you can get to help you go a little bit deeper and increase your catchment area. Be at church every opportunity. That increases your catchment area. It's taking every opportunity to feed and water your soul so that you've got, a, you've got a huge big catchment area that's catching things anywhere you can. Get Christian TV. I don't know what you do. One thing you, you can't do, we're going to look at this in a minute, is think, well, I, I want to have a big catchment area, so I go to like 94 different churches on a weekend. That's an exaggeration. But you know, I go here, I go here on Thursday night, and I go there for Bible study, and I go somewhere else. That, that actually messes up your root system. So we'll look at that in a minute. Is that okay? I don't want to put anyone off today. But uh, that's what happens when you do that. You've got to take every opportunity to feed and water your soul. So roots, uh, sorry, roots that reach deep is like Matthew 13 verse 12 where Jesus said, those who listen to my words and do something with it, more will be given. That's the, 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 the 
standardized version that I just gave it. The second thing we need to do is be planted. It increases your reservoir. So the, so the first thing we looked at was increasing our, our catchment. The next thing is like having the tank to, to feed it all into is be planted. That increases your reservoir. See, capacity is an important factor of life. We need to desire to grow in spiritual understanding. And you do this by being planted where the water is. Now, a lot of people really can't grasp spiritual freedom and being planted. Because it's like one of those things that, that is spiritual and it doesn't seem to make sense in the natural. So being planted is about security in the right things. I'm not going to explain all that right here, right now. But being planted is about accountability. Being planted is about relationships and discipleship. That's why it's important to know where our roots are planted. Being planted is about fruitfulness in life and ministry. And I, I know every believer is saved to be fruitful. Every believer is saved to belong to a community that we call church. Being planted is where you find church and you put your life into that. And when you live like that, you're not bothered by long months of, long months of drought because your reservoir is full all the time. So you might have a large catchment area. You might be saying, I've got Christian TV. I'm going to Alpha. I've been doing the purpose-driven life. I'm reading my Bible every morning. These are all disciplines that, that give you a large area. Large catchment area. But you know what? There's no point if you don't have roots down into a reservoir that is, that is also a supply to your life. That's where church comes into it. That's why church is vitally important. Church is not, well, I, I feel like it this week or I don't feel like it next week. It's a disciplined lifestyle. It's a, it's a, 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 a reservoir for your life. And hopefully where you go, to, you know, your church ought to be a place that is nourishing you and feeding you and, and allowing your, your, your spiritual to go deeper into things that, that you can't source without other believers. Is that okay today to speak like that? An example of that is uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 39 and 42. It's, it's Mary. And she sat at Jesus' feet. And Martha, her sister, was all busy I, I, I often say this whenever I mention this story. When Jesus comes to your house, where are you going to be? Thinking, Jesus is in Mary and Martha's house and Martha's in the kitchen. What? Mary's saying, Martha, Jesus is in our house. It's okay, I've got to cook the, the lunch. Sometimes... We don't have those encounters. I mean, literally, I've, I've not had that physical expression of Jesus in my lounge before. But if it did happen, I think I'd want to be at his feet. I'd want to be where he is. Now, there's certain times every day where we need to say, well, I'm going to sit where Jesus is. I do that first thing in the morning. Sometimes when I have time during the day, I'll just say, Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to open my word. I'm going to let you speak to me. And Jesus speaks to me through his word. When I just open my Bible and begin to read, begin to pray. So number one, increase your catchment. Number two, 
be planted, increase your reservoir. And number three is my favorite one. You'll know what I mean in a minute. Is commit to it. Some, you know, again, it's, it's that upside down world that God has. If we want to live in spiritual freedom, part of that freedom is commitment. And in the world, in the natural thinking, we say, commitment means I lose my freedom. No, in spiritual things, Don't make me take my shirt off today, people. Because commitment doesn't seem very glamorous. But it's the currency of champions. See, Pauline's embarrassed because she thinks she gets to see this every day. Did you get that though? Commitment doesn't seem very glamorous, but it's a currency of champions. The fact that it separates the best out of our ordinary is commitment. So your ordinary can just seem ordinary, but when you're giving that to Jesus as a commitment, then you can do the extraordinary. There's nothing more hollow you need to get your ears on right now, church. There's nothing more hollow. There is nothing more pointless. There is nothing more empty than the Christian life with no fruit. It's absolutely pointless. There's no point. I've, I've just been saying about having a reservoir, being in church. There's no point to be here if you're not prepared to produce fruit. There's no point to it. There's no reason. When it comes to our spiritual freedom, commitment is what carries you to fruitfulness. With commitment, what starts as very ordinary can be turned to amazing. See, leaves stay green and keep producing fruit all the time when there's commitment. Commitment to small things produces fruitfulness. When you're faithful with small things, it increases to much. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. So you might think, well, I just started off doing some tummy crunches. I only did 10 a day, and look what it did to me. I'm talking about a spiritual thing. So you might think, well, I, I don't know very much. But, but I'm going to pray about that. I'm not very strong, but I'm going to exercise my faith. And when you commit to that, then you find you start to put muscle on your muscle. So I want to pray for people this morning. Why don't you stand with me this morning? And I know there's, there's someone here today and... <clears throat> You've never realized that, that uh, when it comes to God, He sees you as treasure. You've never, you've never understood that at, at all before. So today, maybe this whole service was all for you so that you could put your trust in Jesus Christ, so that you could make that decision, that transfer of life, saying, Jesus, I want to live for you. 
This morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity and you can make that decision. And perhaps those, you're here and, and you're, you're a believer in God, but your desire is to increase the catchment area. You want to increase the, the reservoir so that you can be fruitful, so that you can always be producing something spiritual in your life. Perhaps some of you just need to say, oh, I need to get to that place of commitment to something. And when you do that, you can produce great things. Because God wants you to be productive. He wants you to be producing. That's for every single person here in this place today. So I'm going to ask people to come. We don't always do this, but I feel that this is what we should do today. I'm going to ask people if they'll come down to the front this morning and say, Jesus, I'm just declaring to you, I'm, I'm signifying to you today that I'm going to, by stepping out the front here, and I don't know if I'll pray for everybody or not, the main thing is that you're signifying something to God today by stepping out of your comfort zone, stepping out of where you are to saying, Jesus, I'm stepping into a new way. I'm going to, I'm going to make decisions this week. I'm going to do something different. I want to create a bigger catchment in my life. And also, you might be thinking, God, for whatever reason, I felt reluctant. Lord, I felt that I, I, I just haven't, feel, haven't felt right about just that word of commitment, that word of putting my roots down into the underground reservoir that is church. This is not a, this is not a, a membership drive or anything like that, but it's, it makes the difference of setting you free spiritually. We're going to sing right now. And if you, if you are um, wanting to make that decision to say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my heart today, then um, I'd love to pray with you this morning. Before we go any further, just if people could just close their eyes. If you're thinking, hey, I, I, want, to, I want to believe in Jesus. I want to make that spiritual connection with him. Why don't you just raise your hand nice and high. I'll see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To encourage you with that decision that God wants to take you further and deeper and he wants to plant you in a good place where you can grow and be fruitful and multiply but for those who you think God I'm ready for a, a bigger catchment area in my life why don't you come forward right now as we sing and the Holy Spirit wants to just speak something into your heart today as you make that that decision if you make that declaration to him today he's going to meet with you this morning and minister to you right where you are why don't you come what are we singing we thank want you, you.